0: Right. Uh, welcome back, everyone, to Fazlif's podcast, episode 15. Uh, welcome back today, AP, uh, who's agreed to come back on and do a follow-up uh, episode to the one she did earlier. So, welcome. Welcome back.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Right. So, uh, before we get on with the questions, uh, this podcast will be available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Really would like some positive reviews on iTunes. That'd be great. And, uh, yeah let 's uh, let 's get into it so uh, the first question quite a quite a large one. This is really a follow up from last time so a p what are the foundations uh, behind your recommendations um, so sort of last time we, we briefly touched on the topic of sustainability that 's really kind of what I want to lean towards today and just talk a little bit about that in terms of the results that you guys get and I just want to frame it for the audience because i don 't think I think the sustainability argument kind of gets lost sometimes. Um, AP and Chester have produced IFBB pros, like, you know, real, really, really top-notch bodybuilders. So we're, when we talk about sustainability, we're not just talking about it from a sort of a, a general kind of a gem pop sense. We're talking about there's a reason behind these recommendations. So I really kind of want to explore that a little bit.
1: Absolutely. Um, I think a very common mistake is that Because there's so much information online, a lot of people can get confused with what is necessary at very specific points in programming with what is necessary for daily life. And that can lead to people thinking that programming needs to be overcomplicated and meals need to be perfectly timed and whatnot. So they're confusing what may be necessary, say, in the last four weeks of training for a competition with what's necessary for a productive off season with what is necessary for a you know a, a casual diet you know a diet getting ready for summer something without a deadline so i try to send messages that sort of filter out the noise and give you the absolute essentials for your goals so that you're not so that your programming isn't your entire life, but part of it. You know, It's not meant to oversaturate and absorb and overwhelm. It's meant to enhance your life. So the goal is to give the information necessary that allows progress while allowing you to live your life.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I think that's fantastic. It, it's something that I emphasize with my clients as well. Something that I've sort of come across is clients who almost expect that there should be more at times when it's not appropriate. How do you deal with that? Do you get that much? Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) The the type of um, personality that's drawn to the bodybuilding lifestyle is generally a very um, extremist person. Mm, Almost somebody that, uh, the more they're suffering, the more they feel, it's like a badge of honor. (laughs) (laughs) And so, It can be difficult to to convince that person like, hey, you know, doing less is in your benefit and it may actually even get you better results. Many times that is what happens is you you pull these people back and all of a sudden they are growing. Uh, All of a sudden their fat loss is more sustainable. It's also you can diet them down to leaner points. And um, so pretty much the way to get through to them is to just get them to do it even if in small bites and when they see nothing bad is happening, then you can sort of push the envelope on how much you can get them to do or drop.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that sounds great. I, I often talk to my clients about uh, the importance of family and bringing in family time and, and being comfortable with your loved ones and people around you and involving them in the process. Do you find that helping them to sort of bring out other aspects of their life uh, can help them to pull back in, in bodybuilding when it's not necessary.
1: As in getting them to realize that life is not about just about bodybuilding, mm. for sure. <laughs>
0: I think yeah, absolutely. A yeah,
1: very important message. I mean, mm. you know, bodybuilding is a very consuming sport. Um, and particularly when you're dieting, you can get absolute tunnel vision. You know, you've got your eye on the prize and you become a heat seeking missile and there is, you know, you would just batter through anything that gets in your way. But um, that does sometimes come at a price and that can be, you know, uh, broken relationships, even with family members. So uh, you do want to try and avoid that by, yes, getting them, keep reminding them, keep, pushing them to take rest days. No, you take that day off. You're not tracking that day, Mm -hmm. things like that. And that can help.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. I love it. And uh, again, just to kind of emphasize, we are talking about, you know, high level bodybuilding here. This isn't, so for anybody who's listening here, this is not just sort of, you know, just doing things half fast. This is actually going to enhance your results. Uh, I always bring the example of John Meadows in. Um, He said in a video recently that pretty much all of his competitions nowadays, he likes to during prep, he'll take his family out for dinner on a Friday. Um, and he'll do that right the way up to the competition. I just thought that's lovely.
1: That is lovely. I like that.
0: Yeah. We like that. Okay. So moving on to the second question, um, women feeling both intimidated and insecure at a new gym, um, as, as mentioned above, uh, sort of, sort of, is there, do you have any advice for that?
1: Yeah, so we did talk about this last one and I forgot one point, but I'll repeat some of the ones that we discussed last time just in case this is somebody's first time listening. That's you. Hi. Um, Women can be self conscious in the gym for a few reasons. Um, Some of it can be simple in just that they're overwhelmed from all the new equipment, which is absolutely understandable. Um, you know, you can't expect yourself to know how to use some of these things. I mean, I've been in the gym for years and I still get trapped in equipment. (laughs) So in, um, in situations like that, very simple, you can hire a trainer or grab a hold of a friend who is familiar with the gym and just have them show you around. Um, some people are also self-conscious about their current fitness level. And that can be one that, that one you can play around a bit with how you, how you approach getting into the weight room because we discussed the importance of this on the last one, you know, mm-hmm. particularly for women and protecting yep. your bone density. You do want to be incorporating some amount of resistance training into your routine. And that doesn't mean that you have to become a power lifter, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you do want to be challenging yourself. And so you do want to eventually, even if it's just a couple of days a week, get into the gym and do total body workouts just to, and in some amount of resistance training. But honestly, not all women are comfortable with that. Just the thought of getting into the weight room is terrifying, particularly depending on the gym that they're at, you know, some, some of the people they can look a bit intimidating. And in those situations, um, Start from home. You know, if it's a matter of just needing to build confidence in yourself or, you know, some people are really, really embarrassed. They don't feel that strong and they don't want people to see them looking that way. And uh, you can't force that person into the gym because in some of those cases, they just, you know, they just won't do it or they'll go once or twice, get embarrassed and not come back. So start from home. You know, there are so many programs available. You can, I actually started that way. Yep. Um, I started at home. I started off doing body weight training in a yoga sized mat space between my bed and my dresser. And um, once, you know, the body weight stuff got easier, I, you know, incorporated some light dumbbells. And then you can sort of build up your home gym that way. And eventually you're going to reach a point where you grow out of the weights. And in those cases you can go into the gym um so you can build up that way um that's one of my favorite ones honestly but yeah
0: yeah i did something similar with a client uh, a few years ago and i had her start with um cans of beans initially yes. <laughs> and then and then we moved on to larger cans and then litre water bottles uh, and by that time she was ready for the gym so that <laughs> was a progression there it was a supermarket progression kind of thing
1: but that you know but that's great though and again you know it's just. If that's the difference between doing something and doing nothing, that is the perfect routine for you. you yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, and it's resistance. It doesn't have to be shaped like a dumbbell. It might be harder to grip, but it'll do the job.
0: And uh, just one more thing for women feeling intimidated um, and sort of insecure at the gym. Uh, believe me big bodybuilders we have far more insecurities than you could possibly even hope to uh, achieve in your lifetime so <laughs> it's just nothing to uh, nothing to be insecure about there <laughs>
1: it's true it's true um and also, you know, more often than not, people are too busy looking at themselves in the mirror than to pay yeah, attention. I can,
0: I can relate to that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we all
0: do it. I, I don't know yeah, if anyone I anymore. Do it too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So moving on to the next one. I like this question um, because it sort of delves into the nitty-gritty of diets. Now, I think we've all been here, but this is specifically for women. We knew we were counting calories, so they're already counting calories. They're already getting lean. But now they're starting to find things difficult. So perhaps... The same calorie drops on not producing the same results. Um, Just weight loss is grinding to a halt. What are the sort of strategies we can do um, about that?
1: What are the strategies we can do? Um, If that person is not incorporating refeeds, now would be a good time to start. Mm. Um, Get at least a couple days at a caloric surplus and that can sort of help also not just uh, physiologically but also mentally to help sort of break that grind A lot of dieting is mental. And what can kind of keep you comfortable mentally is also very, very important and can help you push a little bit further for a little bit longer than if you were just sticking to a linear deficit. Also for females, the body, you tend to require that anyways. We are more sensitive to um, adaptations from the deficit. And so, regular refeeds can sort of keep a female body a little bit happier than just trying to stick to a set deficit. And you do want to make it more than just one day. I don't. The only time that I would um, say a, a one-day refeed is appropriate for a female, or the main time, is if somebody's very, very, very overweight and they don't really. Need the refeeds because their bodies tend to handle the deficit a lot better than a leaner female. Mm. You can have a single refeed day just for mental reasons and um, it won't negatively impact their progress. But giving a lean female a single refeed day is probably not going to be enough to have an impact on them hormonally in the way that you might want.
0: Mm. Yeah, r- regarding refeeds, um, I just wanted to touch on. Um, how large, how long the refeed should be, and also how um, how often. So, just to sort of frame this, I've started to move away personally in my own coaching from two day refeeds. So I know mm-hmm. the the literature is quite certain on that. That's what you had me doing, but um, I've started to move away from those as I tend to occasionally get negative reactions, and people will approach the refeeds in in very much a sort of, they don't really know where to go. So they'll approach it, you know, they have a reasonable diet for the the majority of the week. But if it's a refeed and they've got a lot of carbs or whatever, you know, uh, whatever we we just a lot more calories, they kind of go off the rails a little bit. So I've actually started to incorporate more weekly refeeds. So as in week long, you know, as in diet mm. breaks, essentially, diet break. and, and kind of move away from two-day refeeds. Um, have you had those issues yourself? Was I, I, just, I just kept finding that my clients were struggling with that.
1: Absolutely. I've had that before. Mm. In those situations, sometimes it helps to have them go into the refeed with a plan. So mm. I generally don't push meal plans, but in those situations, I'll have them plan ahead of time what they can what they'll have within that day. because um, sometimes it's 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 anxiety that's causing them to go off the rails. Uh, right, Exactly.
0: yeah.
1: It happens with women who are not convinced that refeeds are okay. <laughs> so yes. Yes. that's one angle that you need to tackle it from is make them comfortable, make them understand why we are doing this. You know, I'm not just doing this to torture you like there's a reason <laughs> behind <laughs> this. Um, but, you know, that's a common struggle when working with females is getting them to accept the fact that eating is okay. Eating in general is okay. Yeah. So it's often those clients that tend to struggle and panic in the refeed. Um, so that's one way to do it is you can send them into it with a plan. Your strategy is great, by the way, you know, um, I like to do refeeds at least every two weeks for women. Try not to wait any bit longer than that, because depending on the sensitivity of a woman, some women, they can lose their periods so quickly. Mm. And particularly if it's your first time working with a female, you don't know who you have. So I don't like to push them into a territory that can risk having menstrual cycle issues. So I like to keep the refeeds more regular than further apart for that reason.
0: Yeah. And, uh, I'm guessing it's a case of, um, the refeeds are more often the leaner the client is. Do you have yeah. any, do you have any hard and fast rules? Is it, is it really just individual?
1: It's individual. It also depends on the timelines. You know, if, um, if somebody is preparing for a show and they're not where you want to be and, you know, we have to be ready by a certain time rules may end up being broken as much as I hate it. yeah. Um, so, you know, there are, there are definitely exceptions to the rule, but yes, the leaner somebody is the more frequently you will want to re them.
0: Yeah. But I, I, I'm guessing going into that, the client understands that there's a deadline. They're on board as well. So I think in that case, it's acceptable. Um, but yeah, I, I see what you mean. It's not the ideal choice. You'd like to take your time on things. Yeah,
1: yeah I, try, I try to give us more time. I try to do things in the way that allows them to keep their menstrual cycle for as long as possible. Our last few, I haven't had, um, our last few girls, none of them lost their period for their entire prep and they were ready, so that was great. these um, are bikini athletes, so it does get a little bit harder when the girls are in other categories where the body fat levels have to be extremely low. But that is the goal, to keep, to keep their menstrual cycles at a good, uh, in a good place during the diet because you know, it's not the best for us to lose that.
0: However, it speaks volumes for your approach because you have women who aren't even going on the stage and are losing the their periods because of their extreme dietary approaches. So you know, it's a good lesson for, for people listening that you don't need to just wreck yourself just to lose a few pounds.
1: No, no. Try not to do that, please. Mm,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, awesome. That I yeah, I really like that answer. That that's really helpful for me as well. Um, moving on to the next one. So we've got a series of a little more personal questions here. Um, how did you get into coaching? Feel free to answer uh, whatever you feel comfortable with. How did you get into coaching?
1: Um, I mean, the easy short answer is I wanted to help myself, and then once I did, I wanted to help others. Not make the mistakes that i did early in the game trying to understand nutrition and the lifestyle and yeah, um, yeah. that's the short answer yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah 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 i i i, I kind of come from the same place i'm i'm so much more clinical in my own approach to dieting and training now i wish i had that level of level of sort of accuracy when i was uh, younger and a, a lot of it is just wanting to people to not waste their own time
1: Yeah, not waste their time, not hurt themselves, not waste emotional energy, being terrified of things that they don't need to be afraid of. You know, these are all things that are so common, particularly in the bodybuilding industry. It is very much fear-driven in some ways, and um, I would like to change that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's great. Um, Now, uh, how did you grow your business? We, we kind of touched on this in uh, talking in, in private, but how, how did you grow your business? Uh, through hours
1: of slave labor until, <laughs> I, <laughs> until I built up enough of a reputation. I started on the, the gym floor, okay. uh, worked some shamefully long hours for probably longer than I should until I got enough of a reputation where I didn't have to... Um, solicit for business it came to me and then I'm like I'm out yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much how that evolved for me
0: yeah it, it does feel nice when you start when your name starts to be recognized and you start to become the sort of the, the go-to guy for certain things in your hometown and then it sort of builds from that I'm just I'm just sort of breaching that point now which is quite nice
1: You're doing very well You're doing <laughs> some great work, class. thank
0: you um, so, in regards to yourself and Chester, your husband, um, how do you split up the business decisions and workload? And it, this is sort of just opening up for advice for in general for partners in business.
1: Um, when we first started, I just kind of we just kind of joined forces, and um, I took my existing client base, and he took his, and we just put them all under the same umbrella. Um, but over time, we shifted things to where basically I take all of the females and he deals with all of the males. There are a couple crossovers here and there, but that is pretty oh. much how most of it is split.
0: Oh, that's interesting. I, I didn't know that actually, because I, I, for, I just assumed for, because for my prep, uh, you did the large majority of it. Um, and then it was really only towards the end that Chester became more involved. And I, I assume that was just because near the end, the, the, the gender differentials probably played more of a role.
1: Yeah, I do take the charge of nutrition for everybody, but the um, overall program design for the males, Chester will have uh, the final say or at least um, a bigger say. And for the females, I still do the nutrition, but I also sort of take the full lead. Everybody gets both of us, but um, one of us will have more of a lead
0: on the clients yeah just speaking from my experience i thought that worked very well so that that worked very well Thank um, you. yeah um right so um advice for other coaches in growing their business you gave me some very good advice recently and that was to um pick a client who i, who I think is a good potential and just offer to train them for free um and you know would you have any other sort of nuggets of advice or just expand on that perhaps
1: Set hard boundaries on cutoff times with clients <laughs> and protect your spare time, yeah. uh, particularly if you are working online with a large amount of online clients. That is one bit of advice that I would give to coaches is that we are very much in the business of caring for people. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, um, that leads you to kind of feeling like you're on call all the time, mm-hmm. and don't get me wrong, you absolutely want to be there for your clients when you can, but there also comes a certain point where you need to recharge, you cannot, what is, is the saying, you cannot pour from an empty cup? Right. <laughs> make sure that you do you know, express your need for space when you need it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I've, uh, yeah i 've yeah i i don 't have too much difficulty with that there. I have one or two clients who um, insist on texting me at all hours about just random things uh, <laughs> which is, which can be a little bit difficult but i 'm working on that but yeah that, I think you definitely have to have your own you have to recharge your own batteries before you 're able to be your best self for your client so in a sense you're, if, if you 're just spending too much energy on just a lot of mindless chat uh, or things which could be done at check ins then you, you almost wear yourself down for everybody else.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and don't get me wrong, my current batch of clients are really, really respectful. They're great people. But I have had in the past some clients that I almost, I created a monster, yeah. so to speak, because um, I indulged them when, you know, I didn't teach them to self-soothe <laughs> in some yeah. ways. And it you know it became a problem at a point. So, you know... And then you do have some clients who, even when you do request, you know, hey, listen, it's a Sunday. I'm with my family. Do you mind um, if I answer this tomorrow? Some people really are pushy. And those are the ones that seem to, Confuse being an online coach with being made of internet. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of one guy in particular, and if he's listening to this, he knows who he is, because <laughs> we've had this conversation many times. Lovely guy, but uh, yeah, the, the personal space thing, <laughs> not so great. Yeah. Um, okay, so moving on to a next question. Um, oh, sorry, did you have any more for for that growing, growing the business?
1: Um. That's what I have in my notes.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Um, so this was, um, this was a question which, on the appearance, it seems a little bit basic, but it, it may well relate to some of the things about sustainability. The question was simply, do you weigh food cooked or uncooked? Uh, and I thought that was a, an interesting one, not necessarily for the question, but more for the mentality behind it.
1: Got you. Um... Yeah, there's certain things that might be more accurately weighed raw versus cooked, but then it depends where you are. There's a certain, um, you can be, you just want to be consistent. That's, that's the short answer is whatever you are doing, if you're, let's say, meat, if you're weighing it raw, weigh it raw. If you're weighing it cooked, weigh it cooked. Particularly, you know, if you are just, um, you're in your off season or if you are just diving down for personal reasons as opposed to being in um, getting ready for a show, the time where tracking starts to get, you have to get really, really meticulous is in later stages of prep. So if you're not in that phase where you need to have your electrolytes dialed in, where you really, really, really need to make sure that you're not eating over a certain amount, then you can feel free to pick whichever one is the least pain in the butt for you and just stick
0: with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think that's great. Um, I'd also say, just for my own sort of, when I get people to look at prep and things, I, I, I expand it out a little bit more as well. As in if you're getting a kilo worth of vegetables, for example, and those are going to go into six dishes, I'm quite happy just to take the caloric value for the kilo and divide it by six because at the end of the week you would have ate them all anyway for sure um you know and in the off season that just uh, you know makes things a little bit easier and uh, absolutely yeah. for sure um that is
1: perfectly fine even on diets like i said it's only until the very very end yeah. where we really really need to make sure that everything is dialed in then you have to get more into weighing things per portion as opposed to you know the yield as
0: yeah. you said fantastic yeah um okay great so we move on to the next question this one's from a certain mr stacking plates <laughs> and he asked if uh, you'll be his valentine uh, i i replied back to him that i think he's got this one in the bag <laughs> what are your thoughts on now
1: nice love nice <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes yes <laughs> good chester i think you're in there you're good yes um, right so moving on to the next sort of set of questions these were from your instagram um so (laughs) first question what happens if a vegan becomes a zombie Uh, i love that
1: one so much that was so clever (laughs) Um, are we looking for a serious answer i don't don't think so
0: i don't (laughs) think so i think we could go on to the whole big thing about zombie supermarkets and and, and zombie meal prep and weigh-ins but no i think we can we can we can skip that um so are you going to be doing a no carb diet before doing a competition? No carb.
1: carb. That's not something that I've ever done and Mm. not something that I've ever put clients on. Um, That's just not my approach. I know of some very, very successful coaches that go that route, but um, that's not something that I try to employ with my clients. I try and keep carbs at a decent amount. I try not to, you know, try and always keep it above 135 grams um, Try and keep fats, you know, above their minimum for as long as possible. If we ever get close to their minimum requirements, it's for a very short amount of time. And protein always stays a bit higher on a diet, but um, I, yeah, I try not to get rid of any one
0: macro at yeah. any point. Yeah, I agree. I think while, while we both try and simplify as much as possible, there's a certain level of simplification that is just, uh, it's just not workable. So this idea of let's just get rid of one macro altogether, I'm not sure that's the the sensible way to go. Uh, I quite like to set the different macros and we kind of be as flexible as we can within those boundaries. But um, the the no carb, that's certainly a large boundary I, I don't think is really necessary.
1: Yeah, I've done preps personally with very low carbs, not no carbs, but very, very low carbs. And I look my absolute worst. Um, Interesting. Well. I could not, I wasn't full. I, um, I couldn't push to intensity. I was constantly swelling up like a balloon mm. from training. Um, so that's just my personal experience with it. And, um, I just find, you know, if the, the approach that we're using is working and, um, it, allows a little bit more balance. I think it's mentally easier for the girls and guys, so that's what we use.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree, I think, that's, uh, I think that works. I try to stay away from any sort of extremes in regards to diet. Just a lot of what you talked about earlier as well, you don't, often you don't know the client coming to you, so trying something which is drastic, um, you don't really know how they're gonna respond, so just starting off relatively slow and just making adjustments from there seems to be the best uh, way to go. Right, so moving on to the, the next one. Uh, this one's another joke. One. I would like to be like that guy again. I'm assuming this guy is talking about Chester's photo.
1: So that, so, that little uh, comment there was mine. <laughs> I'm not pretty sure what that no, <laughs> <not> is. <sure.
0: laughs> um, and uh, the, the follow-up to that was, uh, what planet is Chester from and why is he omnipotent?
1: That is hilarious. <laughs> I, that, are you trying to butter us up, person? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: I think someone's after some free coaching. (laughs) Right. So moving on to uh, a serious question. I like this question a lot. This is nice. And it, it it was, there's a, if uh, people are listening to this, it's, it was recorded on the 9th of June. Um, And if you have a look at uh, AP's Instagram, the her latest post, it really spoke to me. I thought it was really good. And this is sort of on the similar lines. Um, The question is, you once said, be the person you needed when you were younger. And, uh, the question is, what did you need when you were younger?
1: Mm. I'm going to try and make this answer as short as possible because mm. when I was younger it was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of information for, for us both.
0: <laughs>
1: that was a while. Um, <laughs> I fell into a very very bad place when I was trying to be healthier, when I was trying to learn about nutrition, and I put my faith in sources of information that, long story short, pretty much just terrified me out of eating at all. Yeah. And I needed somebody who did not lead through fear, who did not um, parrot misinformation for personal gain. Um, I just when i look back it was basically you know i'd have one source saying oh well this this food is terrible this food is going to make you sick this food is going to make you fat and then another one will say the same thing about um (laughs) another food group and then eventually you you reach the point where literally everything has been demonized by somebody and you're absolutely confused Mm -hmm. and I was unfortunately somebody who took that to a very dark place Mm. and I'm not the only person with these predispositions and I would like to be a source of clear, uncomplicated information that will help people be healthier, be happier, live their lives while, you know, um, building better relationships with their bodies and themselves and ultimately getting where they really want to be.
0: So that's yeah, that's the answer. <laughs> I, I love that, and um, I'm very much I am similar in, in, in one respect, but it wasn't so much about myself; it was about other people I've spoken to. But I can get quite passionate when when I talk about this stuff, and you know me, I'm I'm, I'm quite a jokey person. But I've I've had people, uh, clients, a pr- prospective clients, just crying, you know, on, on me, um, because they feel like they're prisoners in their own body because of stuff like like you you know you're you were talking about you were exposed to when you were younger, similar things. And they get to the point where they just, they're out of answers. And they literally yeah. feel like prisoners inside their own body. And it's uh, terribly upsetting to hear people talk like that when you know there's just a, so much of a better way. And I think that's it's one of the reasons that um, made me want to be a coach, is to help those people like that.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. I think um, while while we do have a lot of fun on Instagram and, and all that kind of stuff, uh, there is definitely a darker side to it, and just trying to ward people away from possibly leading into that, um, it's, uh, it's it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a good choice. Right. So on to the next one. Uh, why slouch socks? <laughs> because they're the best. Okay. They do look cool. They do look cool.
1: <laughs> I, ankle socks. I really do. I don't know if, if I just have weird feet or I walk funny, but they slide underneath my heel and it drives me in swinging. <laughs> so I, um, when I, you know, slouch socks are just great. There's just so much of it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's brilliant. Uh, I remember once I was walking home, and this was just when I was a powerlifter, and my, I just pulled my powerlifting sleeve, knee sleeves down. Mm-hmm. They, they looked like slouch socks, and they were sort of like gray and black. And uh, somebody on the street just starts singing out fame, I wanna live forever. And uh, <laughs> my my first name, Fahim, that can the alternate pronunciation is fame. Um, and I was like, why, why is this guy singing my name? This is the weirdest thing. And then I realized that's what he was uh,
1: That's so was funny. About. It was so but, weird. Admit it. Did you feel
0: a little <laughs> bit cooler? I've, 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 uh, I've tried since I was like five years old for people not to pronounce it fame for that very reason. But I was like, <laughs> well, how is he doing this? That's so, funny. <laughs> if he only knew. If he only knew, yeah, the history. <laughs> right. So next is thoughts on Psalms and Cartering
1: thoughts so. so you're asking for my opinion
0: yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> i mean i'm not going to pretend that i'm an expert on sums um when i did look into some of the literature on it the majority of it seemed to be on mice mm. um and there were some human studies not all of them are I don't even think any of them were long-term and there were some funky side effects coming along with some of them. I believe, I think it, yeah, I believe it was cardarine that was linked to tumor growth in mice.
0: To cancer. Yeah, that's right. Was it, was yes. It? Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah it was. Um, you know, the, the, the driving force behind people wanting to take these is they, in, the romantic thoughts about how they work uh for men that they can take psalms without uh getting the aromatizing effects like they would if they ran anabolics and for women i think the thought is that they can run this without the um viralization but these uh these are not these are not regulated and as a woman particularly that's a huge risk um, you don't know what you're getting and you don't really want to be putting strange things into your body, yeah. uh, particularly things that are not well researched. I think there was in fact some research that showed that sums in some ways were worse than anabolics on um, yeah. HDL levels.
0: Yeah, I, I saw that and I also saw the one which uh, they bought a certain number of um, psalms from an English, a variety of English sources, and the majority turn out to be fake. They just turn out to be steroids. That, that, mm. was, a, that was a study. Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh wow! Really? Yeah.
0: So, uh, <laughs> that's another aspect of it as well. Because, they're, like you said, they're unregulated. What, what are you really getting? And I, I, the people who talk to me about psalms, they tend to want to come out from. Well, I'm natural. I want to stay natural. It's like, look, right? It's like, look, buddy, you're not going to be natural taking all that shit. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's basically a designer hormone. Yeah, I think so um jessa didn't you say that Tremblon is a psalm
0: by definition it is yes
1: by definition it's a psalm Mm.
0: (laughs) probably a little bit more effective than cardrian as well so um yeah yeah i think um i think you and i have sort of fairly similar opinion on that i'm not well versed on psalms but i'm not a big fan of them for that reason um mainly because it's it's usually guys usually natural guys who want to take it but uh, for me, it, it goes back to the 2000s when we were looking at pro-hormones in the shops, you know, uh, Holland, the Barrett, GNC, and all that kind of stuff. People were taking those under the false impression that they weren't taking stories, but they basically were.
1: Yeah. Didn't, isn't one of the side effects green-tinted vision?
0: <laughs> that, just, that, doesn't, that doesn't sound good.
1: All all. Sounds, I don't want... I mean, green's nice, but... Yeah. There's, there comes a point when there's
0: too much. It's, it's sort of negative feedback as well. If everyone else looks like the Hulk and you, you might feel smaller. So yeah. <laughs> there's that angle as well. <laughs> All right. Okay, great. So
1: hopefully that answers that okay. Yeah,
0: I think so. So let, let's move on. Now, um, Alex from uh, Team Metal, Chester, he wants to know uh, who you work for. He's guessing CIA. So uh, I I said that I could tell him, but I'd have to kill him. So that's the, that's the answer Although
1: ah, well, Chester has Respectfully declined to be interviewed For this show, he did issue me a prepared Statement on <laughs> okay. Does anyone want to hand me that?
0: <laughs> prepared statement
1: Alright, what does this say? I cannot Tell you what I do for a living However, what I do have are a very Particular set of skills <laughs> Skills I have acquired over a very long Career, skills that make me a nightmare For people <laughs> like, if you let my daughter go, that'll be the end of it. That is cool. <laughs> Just, that is yeah. from a movie um yeah.
0: nice
1: yeah. I think that's all you're gonna get Sorry. Yep.
0: yep got it got it um but yeah i i do i i apparently do have first dibs whenever he does want to do an interview, so there you go um. Stay, stay tuned. Um, right, looking on to the, the last couple of questions, mostly to do with um, stacks. So yeah. female stacks, when are they appropriate and what would, be looking, what would we be looking at? Hmm. I, I'm guessing with this question, the, the, hmm. the, 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 the person meant um, off-season, in-season. Know, what kind of when would doing. they
1: be appropriate as a matter of opinion that will vary from individual to individual? Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, female use of anabolics is something that is a reality of bodybuilding and not something that everybody likes to acknowledge is there, but it is, uh, particularly in certain federations at pro level. It is pretty much prevalent across the board. Um, <clears throat> so, when is it? When is it? What was the, what was the word I asked? When is it uh, acceptable? When, <laughs> uh,
0: when, when, when is it appropriate and what would we be looking for?
1: Hmm. Well, my heart wants to answer that with a big fat never, particularly. <laughs> you
0: yeah,
1: know? Yeah, yeah. But, um, It is a reality, like I said, it is a reality of the sport. And, you know, um, if you, if, if competing and excelling in the pro league is your livelihood, um, it is part of the sport, you know, um, particularly in the bigger categories, I you're not going to get there as a natural, and the looks that are rewarded are not something you know. That very, very full, very, very dry look is just not something that you're going to get as a natural in certain federations. Um, sorry, the the look rewarded in certain federations you cannot get as a natural. So in those situations, if that's the you know if that's your life, then that's your sport. Um, but you know. If that's what you want to do, that's, you know, that's your decision. And um, just don't, don't ask me to get you there.
0: Because
1: I, yeah. I'm sorry. There are some yeah. coaches that will, and, um, but it's, it's not me. I'm sorry. Yeah. So if you're listening to this, uh, wanting to hire me for something like that, I'm so sorry. Thank you for your interest, but
0: mm-hmm. no. I'd, I'd also say there's a fair bit of misconception in terms of what they're used for as well i mean i've had a fair few prospective female clients say that they've used a little bit of um, anivar before or whatever and um i'm just thinking you know just thinking to myself that the way that they're phrasing that is they feel like it's going to help them burn fat or it's part of their fat loss stack or they're doing it when they're on a diet Do you know what i mean and I, I just think to myself you're not even using it in the right way um you know you're using it when you're way way before you need to use it and yeah. in your mind it's going to burn fat and I just think to myself it's it's completely skewed. so you know what we're talking about sure in some federations you might need to use it but for the majority of gen pop people out there I just don't think it's appropriate at all
1: I agree I mean you know many a time ta- I've had obviously women approach me about this approach me about their interest in it and a lot of times it's women who are Frustrated with their bodies, frustrated with their rate of growth, frustrated with their look, which I absolutely sympathize. Um, you know, I think we've all been there. Mm-hmm. But when you dig a little bit further and you talk to them a bit more, you discover things like, well, you've only been lifting for two years, and or you've you've been lifting for years, but you've never actually you've never actually done a real off season. Yeah. You ask them. How many calories does it take to maintain your current weight? And they have no idea. These women have never actually touched a surplus. Mm -hmm. And one thing that um, I don't think people understand is that, you know, the masculinization is not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And some women are lucky in that they can be exposed to anabolics for more times than another woman before it starts to rack up the unwanted um, changes in appearance that can occur. Whereas another woman will get some of these changes much, much earlier on. And even women who, again, it's part of their sport, Mm -hmm. you know, women who are serious, will, and you know, who are pros you want to, you don't you don't want to be using this more than you need to. Um, and jumping on it earlier than you need to puts you at a serious disadvantage. Yeah. So if you haven't even, you know, explored your natural potential. First of all, that's a wonderful time to build the foundations because this is another thing is that anabolics is not going to compensate for certain for your if you look a certain way you may not look like the pros even if you run anabolics you may not respond well you know um so it's not good it's not the magic bullet that people think it is
0: um it isn't no i think um it's it's generally naturals who've never taken anything who who think it's magic (laughs) mm -hmm. but um the, the majority like a lot of times now my and so my stock answer will generally be, why don't we just learn to be a better bodybuilder first? And that you know that goes for men and women. And uh, I actually had this conversation with a guy on the forum, and I'm pretty blunt with it these days, just because I'm a bit tired of repeating the same point over and over, but he, she was, just, he was just all over the place, and he wanted to take tren, and, and all kinds of other mm. things. And um, he, he had just no clue about nutrition. Uh, and yeah. I, I, my main point was, him, why, don't, why don't we just learn how to bodybuild first? And then we'll start throwing in a bunch of stuff on top because he's 30% body fat. Adding in trend, that doesn't sound like a good combination to me.
1: No, uh, you're absolutely right. That was the other thing I was going to say is you have to have the fundamentals dialed in. You have to have a good understanding of nutrition, your body's requirements in terms of, like I said, what what even is your maintenance, how to adhere to that for the long term. You have to have a certain amount of understanding of how to lift, you know, if, if you're... Um, if your lifting skills are poor, <laughs> you know, um, just changing that as a natural can have huge changes yeah. in your adherence. By the way, so I recommend that you explore your potential as a natural. Dial in those things: how to lift properly, yeah. um, how to adhere for the long term, because consistency is also something that is one of the biggest underrated components of success is that you know it's it's if you don't have that if you can't adhere in the long term this is a big 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 ingredient missing in your recipe and no amount of anabolics is going to change that
0: absolutely yeah i completely agree and i'll also say from a health perspective you've if you want to compete you've only got so many rolls of the dice you know You've only got so many rolls of dice. At some point, your health is probably going to crap out on you. So why not limit your exposure? Get your other options, You know, uh, get your other things sorted out first and then add them in when it's necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, slightly different gear. uh, Gear, pun. Um, Slightly different gears here. We've got uh, a final question. Let's assume this uh, male or female, go with the female, um, she understands the risks and she is going to be competing at a high level. Uh, where she feels like she's going to need this, um, and you're, you know, you're you're happy to do that. What would a successful off season look like uh, for a harmonized user, assuming they understand the risks? They're to, uh, they understand bodybuilding, and they're looking to sort of enhance their results as much as possible.
1: Um, that's hard to answer without knowing, for example. Okay. Um, it depends the size that they need to gain. Um, it depends on how you design something will depend on a person's individual response, uh, their past experience, and their response on whatever they've, well, individual response. Um, I kind of don't want to answer this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I understand. I, I guess I was approaching you um, from the angle of, there, at least in male enhanced bodybuilding there are sort of certain go-tos you know for right. season certain go-tos for the for prep so the off season you know test and decker is a reasonable option prep halo, wind stroll. i think most coaches are fairly agreed on that so are mm-hmm. there are there any sort of commonalities there uh, for women i i know women are completely different in that respect particularly hormonally so if the answer really is there are no commonalities then that's a fine answer um,
1: commonalities in my opinion would be you wanna if you are running something run it for as short a time as possible for um, just get in get the gains get out cycle off <laughs> yeah. um, the longer you have these things in your system the more uh, the greater risk you have of developing unwanted sides um, but again you know it depends on you know what is this a bikini competitor? Is this a woman's physique competitor? Because these are, you yep. know, they're gonna be two very, very different uh, programming design, you know, requirements of size. So that's, it's, it's tough to answer from the information given in the
0: yeah. question. I think I think that's fine. I think the person who asked this hadn't actually competed yet. Um, so it was just sort of a general look. I'm not sure she was yep. really aiming to be that specific, but um, that's fine. So,
1: my question to anybody um considering anabolics who hasn't even competed yet i mean is it just is it just for general information Mm. um as i mentioned before you know many of the times that uh, i've spoken when you kind of dig deep into the bedrock (laughs) the Mm. question of why they're actually considering these things oftentimes it's uh they don't realize that what they actually want can be accomplished naturally.
0: uh, Yeah, I agree.
1: Just some time and some dedication to the fundamentals. And sometimes, like you said, it's to do with the fact that they don't, um, they don't actually understand how they work and what they'll actually do if they put them in their system. Um, So, yeah, I, I just... You know, the reason why I don't want to answer this question is just, <laughs> I don't want to come across as I'm trying to encourage this in any way.
0: No, no, it's, it's perfectly reasonable. I, I, I also think, part of me thinks that there's probably more of a prevalence of this in the UK as well. So to, to give you an example, a few years ago, I, I walked into a new gym and I was shown around by the lady who, the, the girl who worked there. And uh, she was talking about her, she did a competition. And she just sort of casually talked about what she was using. Hey, bear in mind, she'd never met me before. <laughs> she was just showing me around as a potential customer. And she said, "Yep, yeah, well, you know, I did a bit of Clen, did a bit of VAR. And I, I'm thinking to myself, did I hear that right? Did she just admit that she did Clen and VAR to a random stranger? I think it's quite prevalent uh, in the UK, at least.
1: Right, right. Yeah. And I mean, you know, uh, definitely respect to her for being absolutely honest. You know, I think that's
0: a, <laughs>
1: that's a huge, in, you know, a lot of the... Um, athletes are unable to speak openly about it mm. perhaps because of sponsors and things like that and that also does create a lot of confusion because there are some people who really believe that some of these people are natural and it's yeah. like um well they're not but you know
0: yeah i had that conversation a couple of days ago with a friend of mine and uh, he was He was trying to figure out whether Michael Hearn or Simeon Panda were were natural or not. And again, I'm I'm not going to make a judgment either way, but I I, I have got my own thoughts about that.
1: (laughs) Well, uh, you know, it's if you kind of think back to, you know, you have a trained eye now as well. You know, I try and think back to how I looked at people before I knew very much about the industry and just, you know, the way that I saw the body was completely different back then. I was not able to identify, you know, you put a WWE wrestler and an Olympia bodybuilder next to each other. I'd be like, they look the same. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so uh, I try not to, um, I try to think back on that time when I'm dealing with people who are not, um, who don't have the trained eye just yet, but um, yeah, I'm trying to wrap this up with a really nice philosophical, uh, I
0: think maybe just women just stay off the drugs. So <laughs> it's but, you know,
1: I'm trying not to be judgmental. I'm also course, yeah, to acknowledge a big reality of the sport. The sure. fact that, you know, it, it happens. It's there for some, I don't like to use, the word necessary, but you know, for some, it's necessary for them to succeed in the sport and keep their sponsors, things like that. So, um, but it's, you know, I generally try to encourage women to explore your natural potential, give yourself a chance, dial in your nutrition, dial in your training and do it for a while because it, it takes some time to get to your natural cap. And, you know, when you get, you know, the process of getting there, it can be a great experience. And um, that's something, and in that time, you're going to be building those very, very necessary fundamentals that if you do find yourself in a situation where you will be making certain decisions, you will be able to optimize that and get as much done with as little as possible. You know, and that's, that's... If I were to ever say, I recommend a way to do this, it would be like that, you know, but yeah, um, yeah that's not
0: as much as I got. <laughs> that, that sounds great. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, we're going to wrap it up there. And thanks once again for, for answering all the questions and particularly the ones which stemmed across male and female. Um, and I know you were a little bit sort of concerned about answering the male ones, but from my perspective, you are perfectly qualified to, to answer those as well. Uh, you're a great coach to me. Uh, and you know you've got fantastic results for your clients so i don't think you should ever feel in, in that way um you know you're, you're a fantastic resource for both male and female um lifters so thanks very much for answering the questions of being on
1: well thank you for having me i appreciate that and, all right right um, yeah well uh i hope i uh, hope it did a good job i did read all my notes this time <laughs>